Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive Career Podcast. We are your hosts, Tyson Day and Daniel Lenardi. Our podcast is designed to give you fresh perspectives, educational insights, and future workforce predictions to make sure you thrive on your career journey. Regularly, we are joined by thought leaders, life learners, and generally amazing humans who bring an approach just like us, casual, relaxed, and curious. Please remember to subscribe and share this podcast with your community as we would love all individuals to thrive in their career journey. Ever wanted to know the process of becoming a dentist? This episode is for you. We speak with Dr. Chow Nguyen, a dentist and business owner at DM Dental. We talk about all things dental and uncover her journey and the process of building her practice. She also talks about the future of dentistry and what you can expect in this line of work. This episode is ideal for students who are considering this pathway, or if you're ever considering a career change into the dentistry field. Hope you enjoy. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we recorded this podcast and pay our respects to their elders, leaders past, present and emerging. Dan, we've got a very special guest today, mate. We, me and her probably have a relatively closer relationship than <laughs> all of our other guests in that she is my dentist. So Dr. Chow Nguyen, welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It's uh, it's our pleasure to have you on the show today. And um, Dan, first and foremost, mate, how do you how do you feel about um, going to the dentist in general? And we know you're a regular, but how do you feel about it in general? Yeah, I like going there, especially when I get my teeth cleaned and they come out sparkling and get rid of all the coffee stains. But yeah, I like going to the dentist. Mm. And Dr. Chow, do you feel that many people enjoy going to the dentist? I suppose that's my first question. I'm a bit privileged in that most of my patients tend to um, enjoy the experience and I have a very uh, motivated group of um, patients. Um, But I do know that there are many who, you know, just for various reasons, trepidation. You know, it's a case of I need to do this, get it out of the way, but they're still there. So, and it's a very common fear, you know, didn't they make a song and his first words were, I hate the dentist or something like that, scared <laughs> of the dentist? Wasn't there a song with that? I don't know. I, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll have to um, dig around for that one. Maybe put it in the I show think, notes. Yeah, it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song where his first words were, you know, I'm scared of the dentist or something. Like his first, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's a very common um, reaction. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. think it's a bit of a misconception that, like, people are scared of the dentist because there is that sort of mainstream dialogue that goes on about it? Yeah, I, I think so because also um, it used to be scary. It used to be a painful experience, you know, traditionally, um, not so much anymore with local anaesthetics and pain management, and we know so much more and we can do so much more to make patient experiences a lot better. Um also, um, here in Melbourne anyway, we're very um, big on prevention. So a lot of the stuff that we do is not such, you know, sort of as destructive and invasive as it used to be. Um, so that's my obs- observation. Um, but, you know, it doesn't help that we're always, you know, portrayed as the evil, you know, torture. <laughs> you know, in movies, the dentist is always the baddie. So... 
that doesn't help. I personally believe. Yeah. <laughs> what about kids? Do kids seem to be a bit hesitant at the start? Oh, kids are so good. Kids are so, so good now. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the anxiety does come from the parents, but not so, so much from the experiences that they have. Um, but kids nowadays are, because parents are also very mindful of projecting their views. And um, so I'm finding kids now are sort of are children of the generation of fluoride so their parents would have had good experiences and it's just even better yeah mm. on the whole majority that's that's a good segue so when when you were a child yourself did you always want to become a dentist or oh, can you talk us through that journey the answer is no um i didn't grow up thinking oh dentistry that's going to be my calling um in fact um but I, I had good and bad experiences with dentists. Uh, I had one dentist that um, wasn't so good. But on the whole, I've had really friendly denti- dent- you know, dentists and um, great dental experiences. So that helped with um, in, when it came to choosing the career that it was an option. Yeah. That's neat. And can you take our listeners back to when you're in high school and yeah. doing, doing your subjects and then thinking about pathways and so forth. Cause um, you went to Melbourne uni for a bachelor of science, correct? I or? Did. Yeah. Uh, bachelor yeah. of dental science. Yep. So um, I went to yeah Melbourne uni for that. Um, so back in high school, I think, you know, you start thinking about your, um, what path you want to do, what subjects, maybe year 10 or so they start streamlining you. I dropped the arts very quickly. Um, apparently I wasn't, <laughs> and I wasn't much of a sporty person either. So um, I, I was good at maths and scientists that seemed to really click with me and it was easy. So that was good. And um, my pathway that I thought I wanted, um, like all good Asians, was medicine. So that was, you know, like that was what we all wanted to do. and. Medicine was going to be the answer to all my prayers. So, yeah, I think from memory, um, dentistry was kind of on the fifth of, you know, of the list of things I, you know, it was medicine, this, and, you know, it was somewhere in there. I think I may have chucked a law, you know, in there, but it was um, just a whole variety of choices. I mean, I think looking back at the time, you kind of, I felt like, I wanted to do it all. I wanted to know it all. And I was looking forward to university so that I can learn it all as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I've always been that kind of person, you know, just wanted to do it all. And um, I put a whole heap of double degrees in, in preferences. And, in you know, like, thank God, because it would have been a lot of work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and then I think dentistry, I put it down as about fifth or something. And I don't know if you want to ed- edit this out, but I remember thinking, oh, all right, you know, we'll put it down. I didn't mind having braces as a kid, fine, we'll put it down. And um, so I put it down and I remember the sort of the disappointment of not getting anywhere on my top four. And it was dentistry as, you know, was often. And I thought, oh, okay. 
And then during first semester of dental school, um, they gave us a block of wax and gave us a tooth and said, carve it, you know, and that sort of got me hooked. Um, and that was, and I never looked back, actually. It was just one of those things that you think, wow, you know, I'm so glad that I kind of, it just dropped on my lap. And uh, yeah, I never thought to, you know, sort of go back into dentistry or anything like that. So it's just the different aspects of dentistry that um, I wasn't really aware of that really sort of spoke to me in terms of you are working with your hands and there's a lot of thinking involved. There's a lot of mathematical anal analyzing sure in your head, but it's all very hands-on and, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I still do. Yeah. How, how did the how did the wax with the tooth exercise excite you? Oh, it, yeah, you had the carb. Yeah, so um, it gave us a block of thing and we had a little carver and um, and um, it excited me because even though I wasn't going to be an artist, but I loved art and I think one of the reasons why I chose a career that um, – well, if you wanted to know, I chose a career that I felt was going to give me security and a direct, you know, a very secure path in life. Um, and I didn't think, well, from coming from an Asian migrant family, I didn't feel that art was going to give me that. Um, you know, there's just so many ifs and, and I didn't think I was that good, you know, in art class. So, um the the exercise sort of made me feel like this is fun you know and I could sort of channel a lot of you know the um you know and they also gave us skulls to draw teeth to draw and so we did a lot of hands-on art in mm -hmm. yeah in the first year of dentistry and that was you know that was so much fun and you know and I think that that was looking back it was really good because it really developed our hand skills and so forth yeah mm -hmm. I've been pretty lucky with going to the dentist in regards to I've only had fillings and a clean but is there other things you do that are more more exciting or is there a variety of things you do do that like I might not know about for example yeah, so, um, you know, we do anything ranging from the very uh, basic um, examination and then we go into planning and reconstruction of, um, base, uh, you know, teeth and broken down teeth and so forth. Um, you know, things like veneers um, can be really satisfying, um, sort of building up smiles can be quite satisfying and that's, you know, all missing teeth um, because... You know, I like I have people that um, have had loose dentures and can't eat for a lot of their life and it just changes. It can really change quality of life. But that's down the other end. You know, coming back to the examination and the treatment planning, I think I, I was just thinking the other day that um, I was pretty, I took a lot of satisfaction with a particular um, few people that, you know, in the beginning when we first see them, they're not very dentally motivated, as I call them. You know, it's just, okay, this hurts, this breaks, this is broken, fix it kind of. And then just being able to see the attitude of them over the years just to 
then all of a sudden they're quite motivated into maintaining and preventing and, you know, sort of the dental health um, has become, you know, uh, higher in their um, priorities and just, and I, I, I find that, sad, you know, um, is it satisfying or um, what's the better word? Fulfilling. Uh, yeah, fulfilling in a way because, you know, and um, yeah. That's, that's really cool. So, so when you, so you start carving teeth into wax and you start yeah. developing your drawing skills at university. So once with the, the Bachelor of Science dental, was it dental technology or was it? Um, Bachelor of Dental Science. Bachelor of Dental Science, yeah. which I, I'm not too sure if that course is still around. I think it's. No. Ne- yeah. Yeah. So now it is, um, it is, uh, so I think it's pre-med or various other science courses that you can take as an undergrad. And now it's a post-grad course where, which is a doctorate of dental science or something along those lines. It's, I think the uh, abbreviation is DDS. So I think it is doctorate of dental science. So it's a post-grad, um, it's a post-grad course whereby at at least in Melbourne Uni. Um, La Trobe Uni does an undergrad course, so you can go straight from high school into, um, into the dental course in La Trobe in Victoria. Um, but Melbourne Uni, it's a postgrad course, and um, it's not a bad thing because it gives the kids a few years of um, university life um, and various other... Um, avenues um, before they get selected in yeah and so when you're in the course when when do you get to start playing around with people's teeth and, <laughs> and people oh they don't let us they don't let us near teeth for a lot until a long time actually um yeah so i think uh, from memory uh it's a five-year course when i was doing it i think with the dds it is uh, only a four-year course now but the first year is very much basic sciences biology and um and um understanding well it's a very basic science with um with um a dental science component to it um and uh, you know, we're practicing on uh, extracted teeth, so and uh, plastic, plastic teeth and models on um, plastic heads. And um, now, nowadays, I believe that at least at Melbourne Uni, they've got simulation labs. Um, so um, maybe that's a little bit different. But back in the day, we had teeth, human teeth, um, that's been extracted and. We work on it on the bench, learn how to drill it and how it feels and so forth and what it looks like. I think, you know, we spent um, quite a bit of time just identifying teeth and so forth. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's a lot of, we also, there's a lot of um, anatomy that's involved um, as well, learning about the rest of the body, um, but mainly bit, uh, thorax up. So from the diaphragm up into the head and neck. Mm. Mm. Is it true that an issue with certain teeth can have a direct correlation to other parts of your body? Oh, um, tell me what you're talking about. <laughs> Did you see this heard- in a documentary or something, Danny? <laughs> no, I didn't see it in a documentary. I think I've just heard that, like, some parts of your teeth can then give you pain in other parts of your body. Is it not true, um, though? Or 
and yes and no. So for example, um, you can, there have been cases where you can diagnose a heart attack by a toothache. Um, wow. So um, the heart, um, a heart attack on the left is on, uh, the heart is on the left and a lower left molar or um, a toothache on the lower left jaw can be a result of a heart attack or um, heart um issues so yeah there have been a few cases of that so that's not something that we don't negate every time we look at that yeah mm. um maybe perhaps that's what you're talking about but um yeah not specifically i didn't have an exact example in my head but i just remember maybe hearing it from someone but yeah sounds pretty interesting yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is that gum disease have been proven time and time again to have uh, effects on, you know, um, heart disease and a few other issues as well in the general body, um, simply because it's, um, you know, gum disease is a bacterial disease and it has, uh, you know, access to the circulation of the blood system. Yeah. The body, it's all interconnected, isn't it? Yeah. And I think um, teeth are literally in your head, kind of. <laughs> the pain, the pain is um, real. <laughs> yeah. Before we move forward in this episode, let's hear from our sponsor. Are you currently looking for a new role? Do you find the process of writing a resume frustrating and annoying, but don't want to pay for a resume writer? Here at Arrive and Thrive, we want to make sure job seekers have access to these services at an affordable price. We are excited to launch our resume automation platform powered by Zygiverse. You can find all the features that you may need in developing a resume that lands you the interview and makes your personal brand stand out. To jump in and start creating your resume today, click the link in the bio. Thanks for tuning in. Let's jump back into the episode. For, so so let's let's jump back. So, so you've gone through your university and then you become a, a qualified dentist. Yes. straight out of university or is there like placement that you need to experience and um, can you take us through those early stages of your career? Yeah, so um, we do have placements throughout the university degree. So in the five years while we're doing it, they um, uh, we get training in the dental hospital, but we also get training um, in the community centres around Melbourne um, and I also had the option to um, get training at um, University of Minnesota as well. Um, so I was there um, in the US for um, about two months, um, training in their different departments and around in private practice in Minnesota and North Dakota. Um, so it was a great elective, um, great elective program that they had going at the time. Um, and it was a student exchange and I was there sort of as a student um, being able to, freezing, mind you, Minnesota in the middle of winter, um, but it was great. Yeah, so, and then um, afterwards, after you graduate, uh, we are qualified dentists. So we can go into private practice We um, to do general dentistry. Um, there is also a year there was um, a year of elective, um, elective, uh, where you can work for the government, I think, for the DHS, uh, the um, dental, I think it's Department of Health Services or something like that. Um, and then they place you around certain community centres. Um, 
then uh, so I I went to um, practice in the country. Um, so I went to uh, Kyabra, <laughs> did a six month stint in uh, country practice, um, got to know um, the local community in Kyabrum and um, what dentistry, dental mouths are like out in country Victoria. Um, it was a great experience, great experience. Um, and also uh, then uh, I came back into Melbourne and uh, did a bit of community centre uh, and also some private practice. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of a, a few other of my colleagues um, went on to um, do specialising um, certain parts of um, dentistry. Um, so you can be specialists, say, orthodontists, root canal specialists, endodontists, or gum specialists, or oral surgeons, and so forth. Yeah. Um, and I decided to do a postgraduate post diploma in implants uh, back in 2009 or so. Um, so I did a bit of that, did a bit of research as well, and did a bit of teaching, which you can do. <laughs> That's awesome. And so from your end, did you feel that each of those experiences working in the country, working in the community centres, allow you to pick up a, a broad range of, of dental knowledge or like was, was there any kind of patterns you saw? Because I'm curious to know if it's like country teeth versus metro teeth. Is there anything yeah, like great question. major yeah. difference or? Yes, there was. Um, and um, the so Melbourne has been fluoridated for quite a, you know, I think since the, oh, I don't know, 70s or so. And so there's not a lot of dental decay, um, whereas certain country towns, I'm not sure if that's since changed, but back in the uh, early 2000s, um, were not fluoridated. And the amount of decay uh, that we do see in younger, um, younger patients is high and significant, large holes. And um, so... Yes, definitely a significant and noticeable difference in um, country or unfluoridated area. I suppose the other thing that I might point out that's a little bit different practicing in a sort of a small knit country town is that um, you get to see two sides of the story sometimes. And I'll, um, I don't want to waste your time, but I, you know, there was one, there was one case where um uh a guy came in and he's all you know he's got a few broken teeth he's been in a brawl in a pub and it was uh, his uh stag night um a bucks night sorry is that what they call it bucks yeah, night yeah. and bucks night. Getting yeah bucks night and it was getting married the next day so i had to make him look pretty again <laughs> um teeth wise so he had a few broken teeth and you know, the story was, oh, my God, it was terrible. We were, you know, having fun and, you know, the bouncer was a thug and rah, rah, rah. And it was just like, oh, yes, let, let's, you know, bad, bad, bad. Uh, let's get you all looking nice and pretty. Uh, then the next day I got the bouncer in and not knowing it was the same story. So he had a few broken teeth as well. And um, and I so I asked him, oh, okay, so how did you break these teeth? Oh, yes. 
it was a Bucks night that went, you know, <laughs> rowdy and so forth. So, you know, I think, you know, we don't get that here in Melbourne because just the sheer number of people, you don't really get to hear two sides of the story or two, you know. Um, but I found that was funny and that was great. Yeah, it was great working in uh, the country. What's one of the most challenging things about being a dentist? Oh, I think the most challenging um, will be motivating patients, um, but also some, not every case is the same. As some cases are easy, and it, every and some cases are harder. And every um, they do say that teeth are just as individual as anything. And in fact, we identify people, you know, bodies via dental records. And that's how individual it is. And um, and not everybody's needs are the same, even though the teeth might be similar and priorities might be different and how they treat the teeth throughout life will be different. And so I think one of the challenges is just trying to um, prevent a lot of that, trying to read how that's going to go and, you know, sort of um, initially it might be educating them to do it a lot themselves but then you know you're trying to have to predict how do we you know help people with all that throughout their dental journey because we are living younger or we are living longer rather we are living longer and at least here in melbourne we do expect to have our teeth for longer as well um whereas it didn't always used to be the case so um you know People get disappointed when I tell them I can't save a tooth and that it needs to come out. Whereas, uh, you know, back in when I first started practicing in the early 2000s and when I was, you know, a dental assistant back in the late 90s, um, it was very common to take out many teeth and people will say, okay, well, we can't save it, take it out, doc. You know, take out the next one just so that I don't have to bother, be bothered with it almost, you know. Whereas now it's, you know, a disappointing event when you tell them, oh, you've got, a, you need a filling, you know. Um, so attitudes have changed and so forth. So I think that was long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. That's good. It's great. It's great. I think any any information that you share from your own personal perspective is always really helpful to our listeners. Um, on the flip side of that, like I, I suppose you were tapping into it earlier in the, in the conversation around what the most satisfying thing is like supporting someone to obviously practice good dental hygiene and, you know, helping them um, create the smile that they're proud of and, and so forth and make them feel more confident. Is there anything else that you feel is, is like one of the most positive things about your role? Um. I also employ um, people and, yep. you know, I, I suppose um, one more recent um, is after employing and being having a hand in training quite a few um, dental assistants and um, you, we start to see them develop and then they, they do move on to bigger and better things. Great. And um, you start to see how... Um, it impacts them in terms of um, what's the word, you know, like, um, you know, they learn and they grow as well. And I think that that's because I'm working with them firsthand and it becomes a close knit relationship. Um, that's from a very different aspect, perhaps to the patient experience. And we see that with patients as well. 
um, because it's a long-term relationship that we often have with uh, the people that we um, interact with. And they've seen me grow, <laughs> age. Um, but, you know, and I've seen them, you know, like kids growing up and, you know, sort of you treat them with the broken tooth when they were in primary school and next thing you know, they've got a new job and, you know, sort of, you know, doing great things in their lives. And I, you know, and it's, it, that's also satisfaction, satisfying. Yeah. As well. Mm. Rewarding. Yeah. If you were to meet someone who was interested in going down the dentistry journey, um, yes. obviously it's something that it's hard to get a taste of until you're in it. So do you have any tips or advice on for young people that are maybe interested in this area, what they could do? to get a bit more awareness about it? Um, yeah, I think um, many, well, uh, going to the dentist helps, um, you know, talking to the local dentist or the dentist that they see um, and just work experience um, is fantastic. Um, spending a week or two during school holidays, just observing um, or helping out somewhere um, is also great. Most private um, um, dental surgeries are quite open and friendly. You know, we're all um, uh, open to interested people. Um, and many of us um, do have work experience kids, you know, year 10 kids coming through um, as well. So I think that gives you an idea as to, you know, what the environment could be and so forth. Um, I think that's a that's the start, um, and you know, talking to. But the main thing is, I think, talking to your dentist that knows you and has had that relationship with you. Um, I think that that's probably the best or the first thing, anyway. Awesome. And from your ends, where do you see the the future of dentistry going? Like, obviously, a lot of industries have been interrupted with COVID and. Yeah. And the recent challenges that's that's presented for healthcare. From your perspective, like, do you see um, dentistry, love, yeah, I'd, changing or? I'd love them to develop a vaccine for dental decay. I don't <laughs> understand. I don't understand why we haven't got one yet, personally, um, because it's. Um, and somebody teased me once. They was just like, we should develop a cure for this disease. And I think my friends were just laughing at me as if it's a thing. But, you know, if we can, I think we can do it. Yeah, that's where I would like to see. But yep. where is it realistically going to go? Well, it depends on what aspect of the community um, we're talking about. I'm very um, aware that I'm quite sheltered here in privileged East Melbourne. <laughs> um and there are many community in Australia, at least, and different other pockets where access is still not 100%. Um, and the health, you know, the level of care that they may otherwise get is not there. So I'd like it to be a little bit more, um, I'd like it to be what we've got here to be more across the board, across Australia, at least there. Um, how that's going to happen it'll be interesting because with things like zoom and all that that means that perhaps in the more remote areas um education and um uh information 
hopefully correct information is um, going to help people um, be able to just be more aware of their health in general. And that then comes into, okay, teeth are a big factor in that. So especially with COVID, it's really highlighted how important um, our health is. Um, you know, there was a few tense moments where, um, you know, just during the long Victorian lockdown that we were wondering, okay, um, are things going to, you know, fall apart because people just don't have the, uh, the luxury of just going to the dentist whenever they feel like it. Um, so there's that. Sorry, I've just forgotten half of the question. But um, That's okay. The, I think also um, the, with things like Zoom, I'm looking at myself a lot. <laughs> and I'm looking at your teeth a lot. And people have told me also that they're looking at their teeth more and more. Um, and so they're now noticing, you know, imperfections that they may have not really clear, uh, cared before. So um, I think that that's highlighted a, a lot about, for good or bad, but the aesthetics of teeth. Mm. Um, and so I would suggest that in certain circles, um, you know, cosmetic dentistry will just, you know, sort of if it hasn't already, um, be a big thing as well. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, and something that's just kind of come to me while you were saying that is that I feel like teeth are probably one of those areas where it's like everyone's in the pursuit of perfection when it comes to their their teeth. That's the vibe I get that it's it's either braces or it's um, whitening or, or what, whatever it may be. And I feel like it's one of the main areas that people pursue for um, aesthetic perfection. If that's like, what do you guys reckon? Yes. Uh, well, yes. I think um, at least uh, definitely um, there wouldn't be many kids or many parents that would deprive their kids of braces. It's kind of almost like um, a God-given right <laughs> kind mm. of with certain circles. Um, it, it's, it's definitely something that they'd want to make sure that their kids get, you know, that, um, so braces, straightening teeth, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and I suppose a lot of that is, is just down to the, the accessibility of it nowadays, is it? or? Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, just uh, in Metro Melbourne or so, um, that's very easy to mm. achieve. And cost-wise, I believe it's gone down quite a bit. Um, we do have... Um, Invisalign sort of like clear braces now. So aesthetically, um, that seems to be more um, uh, better, well, not better, but more. So adults tend to um, not like the idea of having braces simply for social reasons uh, sometimes. But with things like clear liners, um, with, they can do it without, you know, affecting their social, you know, sort of work um, persona or mm. what's the word um so again that's also changed dentistry a lot um because braces traditionally were for teenagers and very mm. limited adults but we're seeing that 
area um, has expanded significantly and will be more so. Mm. I've got two more questions, um, Dr. Chow. Um, Dan, have you got any other questions from your own buddy? I was just going to ask, like, what's the breakdown of your day in regards to the tasks you do or the week? Um, yeah, I like my days to be fairly um, varied. Um, so I have a few examinations, um, a few cleans, and then we do a few fillings and then we do a few rebuilds of teeth with crowns and so forth. And um, and then there'll be, you know, uh, a few implants, you know, and so forth. Um, uh, that's the general kind of day. Um so we do mix it up with some of it cosmetic, some of it's preventative, and then some of it will be kids and some of it will just be um, treatment planning and, yeah, sorry. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. And from, um, from your perspective to Dr. Chow, so am I right in um, assuming that you also run the practice at DM Dental as well? So you have that yeah. responsibility of being a dentist, but also being a business owner and, and I suppose business manager. Yes. Can you share how you juggle those two? Um, yeah. So um, how I do it. Oh, um, oh, we, we all have to do what we have to do. And, you know, we. Uh, I know that I learned uh, a lot from, um, my previous bosses, you know, and they taught me quite a lot of things in the business side of things, um, and that helps. Um, the um, the back, you know, the back end, the dental assistant side of it, I learned when I was um, the dental assistant side. Then I've had um, great mentors and ex-bosses that um, were very generous with their knowledge in terms of running the business. And by the time I got mine... Um, uh, I thought I knew it all and I didn't. So I still had to learn quite a lot, made as many mistakes as anyone can make. And I'm still having to sort of um and ah through many business decisions that I do today. Um, I am kind of lucky because I did come on as a business owner later in so only in the last six, seven years or so. And that, um, that just allowed me to have a good 12 years, uh, you know, 13 years of clinical, um, just purely, um, well, what I consider now an absolute privilege, just being a dentist. And, um, and that, you know, and then so that made the dental side, the clinical side, fairly easy uh, for me. And then learning the ropes of a business owner, um, was perhaps you know the other project um that i you just do what you can um i do put aside time to do that um not always enough time depending on what it is but um sometimes the clinical work is the outlet <laughs> um that you switch your brain a bit um but it's what you enjoy yeah and, and if you don't mind me asking how do you keep a healthy balance between you know obviously working running a business um fa any family commitments that you may have like is there are there other things that you do in your spare time that allow you to enter a state of zen or feel relaxed 
Yeah, I, I do um, canoeing and I do dragon boating. So there is a little bit of, um, so they're both water sports and canoeing I do by myself. So I'm in a boat by myself and I go as fast or as slow as I want. And I'm pretty lucky in that I do most of my Zen meditation just down the river and um, it's quiet, it's beautiful. We're very lucky here in Melbourne. Um, and it's sort of, it's almost meditative. And the dragon boating is the, the letting out of the, you know, the aggro, <laughs> I call it. <laughs> letting the aggro out, you know, sort of because it's intense. It's, you know, high energy and it's um, intense training and builds a lot of my strength. Dentistry can also be a very um, physically demanding kind of job. Um, and so it helps me be fit and um, strong. And yeah, um, so they're the two that I find has um, over the last few years has really complemented um, my sort of needs um, on either end. Um, and the dragon boating is a large, um, very friendly community. So there's people, I'm interacting with people um, out of work as well. So it kind of helps because sometimes in private practice, you know, your patients can't talk back to you. <laughs> and um, so the social part of it, I do get through dragon boating. Um, and you meet all people of all different walks of life through dragon boating. So I'm very thankful for that too. That's super cool. And last question that we ask all of our guests is, do you have any book recommendations or any resources that you think are worthwhile for someone who would like to consider dentistry or that has really served you well in your career? Books. Oh, book recommendations. Oh. It doesn't have to be career related either. We've had people on the podcast recommend Harry Potter, oh, <laughs> a whole right. bunch of stuff. Um. Well, I haven't had a lot of chances to read lately, um, but, um, oh, I can't. No, I actually, it's it's terrible. It's very um, bad. But a lot of the books I read now is um, about business, about dentistry, about tax. Um, <laughs> it's so boring. But my, I think my go-to are the, uh, okay, so Country Home. I love the magazine. Okay, cool what i do <laughs> yeah nice one yeah so i just flick through the beautiful pages of you know country homes and i just think yep if only i was there and travel magazines i love them as well so uh yeah yeah cool well, thanks for sharing but um if listeners are obviously looking for a, a, a dentist in uh, east melbourne can, how can they find you and and how can they be across your updates Oh, yeah, so we're um, DM Dental. Um, we're located in East Melbourne, just opposite the park, uh, Fitzroy Gardens. Um, and um, you can give us a call. Our website's there as well. I think um, most people are well-versed, yeah. Yeah, and listeners, I couldn't recommend Dr Chow any higher. I used to be one of those scared um dentistry patients which you know i had braces twice and i always had like my wisdom teeth out i was one of those kids but um yeah completely relaxed when i went in there and um it was a really enjoyable experience but um danny any other points you want to share man no it's just really interesting and thanks so much for all of your insights into um dentistry it's nice to like learn about it and 
hear more of the different nuances and some of the interesting things you've brought to the to the table. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, a pleasure. Actually, I had a lot of fun. I'm sorry if I, you know, rattled on a bit too much. Um, you are the guest. That's what we always say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. If you could please leave a review or share this episode with someone who is on the journey of developing a meaningful career, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, look after yourself and the people around you.